0: Hey everyone! Welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am Lauren. Hi, Lauren. I'm Charles. Hey, we sound really upbeat today, but we're doing Requiem for a Dream. So yeah, it's, yeah. Such, it's such a sunny day outside. <laughs> it actually is. We should have like done this on like a really dreary,
1: like shitty day. But well, <laughs> we're not. Um, I am chewing on glass while I, we are recording this um because that matches my mood so
0: i just have to i will i watch this movie again this morning because i've seen it a bunch of times but i was like okay i'm gonna watch it again to like fucking yeah it's it's a lot but i realized that i relate more to ellen barkin as the years go on when trying to like diet and like seeing food everywhere
1: Because I was like,
0: man, I feel you (laughs) like it's fucking (laughs) rough. Unfortunately, I'm not going to go that weird pill route. But I was like, fuck, man, this is just crazy. And Jared Leto, like his eyes aren't real.
1: I know, right?
0: They're like not real at all. I was like, this is insane. But yeah, this is such a it's weird. This won the Internet poll. So, congratulations to everybody who wanted this film over
1: Velvet Goldmine. So, I guess you sick sons of bitches, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) I love it. I, I and I looked at like the top 10 i was talking about like the top 10 episodes and they're all like drug related or fashion related or music related so oh. n- noted okay, <laughs> okay. So, i got it like you guys want depravity and like i'm so here for it <laughs> i'm so here for like all this dark shit so let's fucking let's fucking go uh a little bit of i guess housekeeping is we're doing my so-called life on patreon um and we're up to episode three right now so it's really cool every friday it's five bucks a month uh the episode link is in the notes so all the patreon links and everything and then letterbox we have a letterbox which we have all these different films we're considering please let us know if you have one or follow us on there it's fashion grunge and uh yeah all the links are down down there so this is awesome Mm -hmm. and also write us a review if you're listening on apple podcasts and tell your friends because it really helps and yeah i guess that's it now, let's get into the fucking mess. Yeah, what, let's do it. <laughs> uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky, 2000. Uh, I would like to say that Pi is his first
1: feature, I believe, and it's incredible if you oh. have not seen Pi. Well, so Pi is a movie I have not ever seen, but apparently, um, like a couple actors on this movie like were convinced to do it because of Pi, like mm-hmm. because they saw Pi. So I sort of feel like I need to watch it. It's um, like a math thriller. Really? Okay. Like a math, like
0: suspense thriller, but it's all like black and white. Uh-huh. Um, it's got Mark Margolis, who's in like fucking everything. Isn't he also in like Scarface? Is Mark he, Margolis? He's the one in Breaking Bad. Is he like the
1: uncle with the bell? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um,
0: he's in it, and I believe that's the only person I can think that m- people would know. Mm. um who's in it but oh yeah he is in scarface yeah that's what I thought oh okay. so that's a really really good uh really really good one and he's also in better call Saul.
1: that's oh, a really that's good right.
0: one um I had run to that that's from 98 so this is 2000 directly after he did that he was looking for the next thing to do and this is also from a novel by uh Herbert Selby jr and yeah this is crazy what is your what's your history with it like when's the first time you saw it how many times have you um, seen
1: it so i I it, I'm pretty sure it came out like um, our senior year of high school because I remember people talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I like caught like the tail end of it on like television maybe like a couple years later. And um, it was just sort of something I like watched for about five, five minutes and then kind of turned off. But this was the first time I've like watched it like from beginning to end. Like Oh,
0: is it really?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Um,
0: okay, this is So I this is interesting.
1: I knew I had to prepare myself cuz stuff was going to happen and um it did. <laughs> so um Did I, uh, you
0: realize like how crazy
1: it was? Mm. i i i I do i do have to say um i love the pacing of this of 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 this movie like just how like it doesn't necessarily start off slow but you know it's it's kind of like it starts off and you're not really sure what's going on and then i just love how it builds and then like last like 20 minutes are just like that holy crazy yeah so
0: so crazy
1: and like um it's it's weird because you don't get a break like you know it's just like one thing after the other you know like boom 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 Mm -hmm. um it's so it's it's pretty crazy (laughs) like it is definitely really
0: crazy i was gonna say i have a weird history with it uh i rented it at potomac video an old video store mm we used to have here in dc that was the best Mm -hmm. and they also had like gregoraki films like they had all the dope indie shit so i rented it there because i heard about it Didn't see it in the theater because we were, like, probably 17 or 18, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, I I didn't see it in the theater. But I was like, fuck, like, this, Jared Leto I knew. And I was like, oh, cool, Jared Leto. Like, you know, that's awesome. And then I saw it and I was like, fuck, I'm never – my first instinct was I'm never watching that again. Yeah. Um, And then I bought it on DVD in 2002. (laughs) (laughs) And I had the director's cut. And it became this weird thing that, like – When I was in school, when people would come in my dorm room and I had this book of like, you know, they had old CD books, like the old Case Logic. Mm -hmm. It's bringing it back if you know Case Logic. um, Word up if you even know what that means. (laughs) But um, (laughs) if you had one of these binders and I had all the CDs of all the movies and people would look through it and they're like, oh, that's that movie. I've heard of it. I heard it's crazy. And I'm like, I'm never watching that movie again. But it's just such an amazing piece of cinema. I had to own it. Yeah. It's not something that I like. I ever go to and pick and then people are like, Oh, I want to see it. And I'm like, let's watch it. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I always end up being like, let's just watch the first like 20 minutes and then you can like take it. And I always would end up like full on showing it to a new person. And I've done that to about like four or five people. Oh, cool. So I've kind of watched it like unintentionally, but I always had it and was like, you need like, this is a film and you need, everyone needs to yeah. see it once. I feel like um, even if the subject matter is not, your like personal taste as far as like druggy speed movies there's another film that we're gonna do uh called spun which came out about like one or two years later but it's way funnier it's way like it's crazy and it's about drugs but it's not dark it's it's
1: like weird one with heath ledger
0: no, that's candy. Candy, okay. Um, that one. It's also we're gonna do. It's incredible Australian like love drug story with Abby okay. Cornish and Jeffrey Rush. Mm. Um, yeah, it's another great film. But no, uh, Spun has like Mina Suvari, Brittany Murphy, John Leguizamo, Mickey Rourke, Patrick Fugit. Oh, I think wow. I posted it. It's great. It's on. I believe it's on Amazon Prime for free if you have Prime. Okay. Um, we're definitely gonna do that for a forward flash because I believe it's like 2002 or something. And i I'm gonna include 2000 films in the the whole retrospect of 90s films because they were probably shot in 99. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just in that because also I had American Psycho, which was 2000. Yeah. So we've already done that. So I was like, okay, I'll just add this in. But yeah, so it's become this kind of like film that I'm always like, everyone needs to see this. It's so great. Um. Yeah. And it's just like everything about it. It's just so haunting and it's just so original. I mean, there yeah. hasn't been anything like it. And I was talking to my friend the other day and he's like, damn, like... Darren hasn't really done anything like Requiem. Like that's what he's gonna be known for. Yeah. And I have not seen Black Swan because I don't like Natalie Portman. But my friend was like, mm, Black Swan was good, but it's not Requiem. Like it's yeah. just not that kind of film. The Fountain was like crap. Um. And I heard Mother was like pretty shit too. Didn't
1: it? Isn't didn't Darren Aronofsky become like a born again Christian or something? And did he? Like, no, I I, th- I thought that's why he directed the movie Noah because like. He started oh. like i could be wrong but I, I don't know um i don't know i just know he hasn't he's doing some
0: things coming up though which i think it should be kind of cool but okay it, it, nothing is hit like this oh no it just doesn't no. have the same kind of like surreal like i don't know just the way it's filmed it, just everything about it yeah so i hope that this isn't bec- oh he also did the wrestler oh that's right that's yeah right. yeah um yeah Noah was 2014 yeah yeah, he's, it's kind of a mixed bag, but this film is just, like, it's so, it's yeah, so good. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's so good. So, yeah, I have, like, um my the one description I have here like that I thought of is, like, people... The one thing that's interesting about it, I try to look at it this way in a different lens. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, all right, I'm not going to, like, freak out about, like the really upsetting subject matter. I'm going to try to see this as a cinematic piece. Cause we're going to mm. kind of go into more. I have a lot of behind the scenes. I watched a bunch of things on YouTube about how they set up different shots and kind of like where you see it in different films. Like you can kind of see the inspiration like throughout, which is really cool. Yeah. I don't really want to touch on like too much of like the really dark shit. Cause if you watch it, you'll know yeah. about it and you'll kind of see what happens. But yeah, I was just like, this is just, just all the shots that are in it and the way it's cut and the edits and just yeah i mean it's next level and and ellen burston i mean the mm-hmm. acting throughout is just it's so next level it's just oh um,
1: i thought, thought, thought that like um ellen burston and jared leto and jennifer conley and marlon wayans were all fantastic like, all of them yeah yeah um, they were
0: all so great i was like damn um, and this also reminded me too. There was one scene which we'll get to when I get more into the story that reminds me of another a '90s film that we're that we're gonna eventually do too. But um, all right, let's get into the cast. It's basically Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, Marlon Wayans, Ellen Burstyn, and Christopher McDonald is that juice guy.
1: That's right. That's right. Um,
0: the telemarketer guy, which you see him in a lot of things. Like he's in SLC Punk. He's in like Boardwalk Empire. Um, he's in a lot of shit, but that's him. What's his That's character's a, name, like Tappy Tippins or something? Is that his name? I, I just think wrote so. Sky. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't know what his, I don't know what his character name is. Um, and then also another. I already mentioned that it was uh, written based on a novel. Also, it was distributed by Artisan Entertainment, which I have to say is one of my favorite studios from the mid nineties. Cause they released like Reservoir Dogs and Velvet Velvet uh, Reservoir Dogs and Blair Witch Project. Oh, okay. Um, and this, and I think they eventually folded into Lionsgate. So oh, a lot of okay. things that you see that are Lionsgate and even earlier things are like um, we're, we're also, Oh, I didn't even, I announced this on the, on the Instagram, but we're doing bully. Uh, together for Forward Flash, Bully was another one that Larry Clark films that were like caught into Lionsgate, like they went and you know folded yeah. into Lionsgate. So um, I can't wait for Bully. So people yeah. watch it because we're getting really dark. We're going to like a dark period, and also I'm having a special guest. One of my one of my friends is going to do an episode with me, and we're going to do Cool World.
1: So cool. that's going to
0: come up next Sunday. This is coming out tomorrow. Next Sunday it will be Cool World. And then after that, we'll do Bully. And then, I don't know, something else after that. I, oh, we, we also... Um, I discovered a really good-looking uh, Drew Barrymore film from 92 called Gun Crazy. So I think me and Charles have to do that <laughs> at some point. Um,
1: you sent, sent me the trailer yesterday, and I was like, uh, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> so... right? I was like,
0: this looks awesome. Drew Barrymore kills her, like... Uh, Her stepdad who like sexually assaulted her and they go, they go on the lam, like her and this other guy who was like in jail, go on the lam. I was like, yes, (laughs) yes. This is like mad love, but I think a little crazier. So (laughs) so I can't wait. (laughs) And Poison Ivy. She's like another one that like, she did so many awesome films in like the early nineties. Yeah. It's like kind of insane. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Artist entertainment. Super cool. Um, so yeah, do you have what do you have for behind the scenes?
1: Okay. Um let's see. Um uh blah, blah. okay. Um, on a Ryan, lot. <laughs> um yeah, um so on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a critic score of 79%. That's it. And <coughs> excuse me. And has an audience score of 93%. Oh um, fuck yeah. Yeah. 79 um, for critics? I know, like really? How? Um so um Faye Dunaway and Anne Bancroft were um both offered the role that went to Ellen Burstyn, and they both turned it down. Wow. Um I frankly don't I frankly think that Ellen Burstyn's casting in this role was like perfection. So Perfect, I, yeah. yeah. So um I'm glad that they did. Um, um but how however Faye Dunaway did have that famous line for mommy dearest. When No.
0: Ma, wire, wire, oh ever. <laughs> Sorry. If we totally blew out your eardrums. <laughs> in, in your speakers. Um, oh my God. It should be like a bonus episode. Um, I kind of want to do Jeepers Creepers as a bonus.
1: Cause there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a lot. <laughs> um, um. So, uh, yeah, it, Bancroft, she would have been kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I sort of feel like um, each of those actresses is, is like so accomplished. They would have brought something different. Like Jessica Lang would have been sick too. Oh my god, that would been yeah. cool. I feel like her and
0: Burson are very similar in their acting styles. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, Jessica Lang would be my only sub. It, it wouldn't be Bancroft. It would be like Jessica Lange. Um, but who would you? Hey, who would you sub for? Jared Leto. If they didn't have Jared Leto, like, who do you think? I oh. I read two actors that lost out to him. Um, um,
1: I don't know if you had that note. So I uh, I saw that Aronofsky initially wanted Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, um, isn't that weird? I um, I I don't know if I have a strong opinion. I mean, I I like him a lot, but I, I sort of felt like Jared. What has me, he done? Leto just like I I, I, mean, I, I sort of just felt like Jared Leto just like really got this role like um and uh yeah i mean he did anyone else in it um i um um apparently nev campbell was the first choice to play the role that went to jennifer connelly um and that's um, weird i know i was like really um she just did sydney i know
0: and the girl from the craft like i don't see it for her i think Um, she's a good actress but i don't see it for her in this one
1: yeah Um, and apparently Dave Chappelle was offered the role that went to Marlon Williams, but um, and, um, I, I wonder um, how
0: he would have been.
1: I mean, I am really fascinated by like comedic actors who take on these like, you know, dramatic roles because like, you know, just, just because like sometimes it's, um, you know, they're like so talented that their performances are just extremely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, my, I mean, my example of this would be, m- m- uh, Monique's performance in the movie precious. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know?
0: I always think of Jim Carrey in like eternal sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always think of like, what? Like, or like even Truman show, like, I'm just like, what these, this guy is so not, you know, he's like Ace Ventura, you know, he's so like extra. Yeah. And even like Robin Williams, incredible dramatic actor. Oh yeah, did like incredible.
1: Um, did you ever see the movie One Hour Photo? Yes, that was oh, yeah. so good. I it's know, so right?
0: Expected too. His also his Law and Order SVU episode is literally one of the best. Oh really? I don't th- oh I don't my think god, it's that. really good. Yeah, and Ooh. the one thing that's great about SVU is that you don't need to know anything. You can like jump in. It's just, like a, it's just like a case, like a criminal oh, case. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can I, just
1: jump in and watch it. It's good. I uh, heard there's actually an SVU podcast called That's Messed Up. And it's... I'm um, sure there is. <laughs> there's so many episodes. There are like 200 or something. And it's like hosted by... Um, I think it's hosted by two like comedy writers. And like it's... I think the episode is sort of divided into sections. But like the one section is where they talk about the episode... And then they talk about, like, the true life crime that it was based on. Oh, that's interesting. And and then they usually bring in, like, someone who worked on the episode to, like, talk about, like, usually an actor or a writer or a producer. Oh, Um, wow. Do they bring Chris Maloney ever? I I don't know. I I um, love Stable or something. Yeah, but he's great. I love him. Um, So, um, this movie was only nominated for one Academy Award. Um, How? I know, right? Like, I mean, I... I frankly thought that uh, Jennifer Connelly should have been nominated. Um, totally. Um, so the one nomination it did get was um, Ellen Burson for Best Lead Lead Actress. Okay, um, who won that year, though? So the other nominees that year were Joan Allen for The Contender.
0: I didn't see that.
1: Juliette Bonoche for Chocolate. Oh, um, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or is it... Chocolat. I think it's chocolat. Is, would the French say chocolat?
0: <laughs> yeah. um. Choc- chocolat. I think it's like show I think they don't have a c h. Chocolat. Ch- chocolat. Let us know.
1: Let us know, French people. Um, I um I actually downloaded a uh, program on my phone where I'm trying to teach myself French. I can tell that it's working. So oh
0: nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you had to like you had to describe because I literally spent thirty minutes practicing diabolique like in (laughs) in the mirror because i was afraid i was gonna fuck it up on the episode and then you were like yeah i'm about to pronounce some really horrible french for the name of this movie that it's
1: based on diabolique you mean it's not pronounced diabolix (laughs) diabolix diablo Um. (laughs) what is it um so lord lenny was also nominated for the movie you can count on me What is Um, that? It's good. It has her and Mark Ruffalo in it, and ooh, I love Ruffalo. Um, and uh, she plays like a uh woman who lives in in, like I don't know if it's a small town, but she's you know like a single mom, and like her brother kind of has been living this like aimless drifting lifestyle, and he like comes home, and Uh they kind of like live together again, and oh okay, um, you know, it's like it's you know, it's just kind of like a you know. It's not like a drama where nothing really happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like n- in the bedroom. Yeah. Oh my God. That entire movie is just these basic chopping vegetables. Like, I mean. <laughs> Add that to the Wes Anderson hate list.
0: Is also in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Um, and I know you're going to love this, but they all lost to Julia Roberts for Aaron Brocks Shut!
0: Oh <laughs> my God. This cements my 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 complete distaste for Julia Roberts. And I can't wait until I guest on some blog or some podcast and they end up talking about Julia Roberts. I'm just like, I'm like literally Elaine in Seinfeld when like her boss tries to get her to watch The English Patient because everyone says it's amazing and she hates it. And she finally <laughs> yeah. just freaks out and goes, I <laughs> I hate this crap like this is literally gonna be me one day what okay Ellen Burstyn
1: totally should have fucking won this and Darren should have been nominated for director yeah and it should have been nominated for best picture too and should have been and nominated editing. and editing and like yeah, sound sounds um, you know sound mixing um, literally you know, a
0: technical award it should have been nominated for as many as Lord of the fucking rings I know right like, I- it's crazy yeah
1: um, so I think that this was the year that like traffic was also nominated so i, I could see Ooh. the academy being like well we're already honoring one drug movie you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so
0: we'll give it to so is it soderbergh didn't he still yeah kind of do yeah. Traffic? yeah we're gonna give it to benicio i mean he was good in that movie yeah but he was good yeah, yeah. he was good he's just um, really
1: hot <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's literally um, super hot it traffic looks like a physically hot movie like it just you you know, like the opening shot, you're you just like you can feel the heat coming off the mm-hmm. desert, and you're just like, oh god.
0: It's like the way that they color grade everything in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like they usually make it look like this really like yellow, has like a yellowy kind of orange tint. So you yeah. can feel like the heat. And then I think when they shoot when he shoots Michael Douglas's scenes, it's all very blue. It's like yeah, very grayscale yeah. and looks very like yeah, it's weird. It's really cool the way they have the different uh stories like that. I have to say that there were a lot of stories in the early two thousands and some of them we will do on the podcast because I really like them that were very much in that kind of like uh, pulp fiction vein where it was mm. like different stories interlocking yeah, and like having, I don't know know what you would narratively call that in film class. I'm sure they have some name for it. And I'm sure Tarantino is not the first one to do it, yeah. but he just made it really big in like contemporary film. Then they ended up doing like Babel is one of my favorites, but mm-hmm. that's not really interlocking, but it's like three separate stories and that one, I believe, is like, is that two? Is that I Alejandro think so. Inuritu? I think yeah. So. Um, that one's like one of my favorites. And that one, too, like everything is shot. And like when they shoot the one in, like, didn't we see that in the theater? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the whole shot in Japan was so dope with like, yeah, Renko. I thought she should have won the Oscar. Oh, same. Did, did she win? She didn't win that.
1: Um, I tra- That might have been the year that Jennifer Hudson won for Dream Girls. Oh, okay. Um, which was also,
0: I mean, I love Jennifer Hudson, but Rinco was, oh, God, she was so well, good.
1: Well, I, I thought she was great, and also I thought Adrienne Brazo, who played the nanny, it was, like, fantastic. Oh, yeah, spirit. and, oh, that um, has
0: my love, Gael Garcia Bernal, love,
1: yeah, love. Um, Wait, Definitely doing a block of his films on here, too. Um, oh, so um, a little more about Ellen Burson. She oh, was yeah. um She was, um, between 1972 and this movie in 2000, she was nominated for six Oscars. Wow. Um, so um, she was nominated... She was in the movie The Last *The Last Picture Show um, that came out in 1972. And then she was also nominated for The Exorcist. Um, she and, said
0: this film was harder to do than The
1: Exorcist. Yes, I read the exact same thing. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, and then she won an Oscar for the uh, movie Alice Doesn't Live Here I- Anymore. Oh, yeah, um, wait,
0: that's, I think, on, it's on Prime. It's on my list of it? things to watch. Uh, yeah, it's on my list
1: of, have you seen it? Yeah, i think famous about a woman whose husband leaves her and like she tries to like uh she like has to start to support herself and her son so she tries to become a country s- singer and um it, she, it just all goes like horribly wrong i think she ends up having to like be a waitress and i think that oh. diane Ladd ends up like being one of her uh f- like waitressing friends and i think diane Ladd was also nominated for that movie oh um, okay
0: and that is laura dern's mom right? yeah,
1: yeah. yeah 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 okay um and then she's also in the movie same time next year which i haven't seen it, but i read the um title and it seems kind of good um oh. and then there's also a movie that came out in the 80s called resurrection um and um um and then she, about 20 years later she was nominated for Rock Room for dream wow. so yeah so also
0: another svu connection she plays stabler aka christopher maloney's mom really uh-huh yeah oh she's god. in one she's in one episode of svu and you like you never meet his mom and then all of a sudden you go to this house and then it like opens up and it's like fucking ellen Burston. you're like oh my god <gasps> oh my god <laughs> ellen Burstyn. yeah I, I love svu <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all on hulu there's like 40 fucking seasons. <laughs> um,
1: oh my God. Um, God yeah.
0: damn it, Charles. Okay, also full disclosure, me and Charles were in New York last weekend and Charles got me into the fucking Walking Dead. <laughs> so I tweeted about it. I tweeted about it. I was like, oh, I just started watch- watching the Walking Dead. So Jules replies. She's like, oh, cool. I was debating starting it too. And then someone writes and they go like, oh, you should stop now before you waste more of your time into like a mediocre sh- mediocre show. And I was like, what do i say to this i was like uh well i mean i'm not intending on like binging all the seasons but i'm just like i mean i could say that about a lot of things but i was yeah. like don't kill my joy i, I like mean, it so far
1: i mean i could say the same thing about your life you know? <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> don't bother
0: watching I, was like, I could say that about like sorry controversial hot take like the last season of sopranos is fucking shite and yeah. Everybody knows it. And, like, I could say that about the Sopranos. when you start watching it, don't bother because like the end is shit. Yeah. like why would you say that? Like shut up, dude. go away. They have like I, eight spin-offs. I'm sure it's all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, i I mean, I mean, I um I mean, I, I guess I can understand why this person might feel sort of disillusioned with The Walking Dead, but I, think it's great and i think that they can go fuck themselves so yeah
0: right i was <laughs> like, like how about how about you just go fuck yourself just like uh mark Wahlberg <laughs> says in uh uh what is it the departed he's like how did you know yeah. how about go fuck yourself <laughs> it's like literally <laughs> like that so yeah sorry to that person who has a deep problem with the walking dead but yeah
1: yeah yeah keep going <laughs> um so so i think uh i think that's it um oh cool me. all right um I, um, I have a lot.
0: Uh all right, go. Okay, cool. All right, so as I like to do, let's talk about the monies. Uh, I want to have like for like for my box office segment, I should have a little like ching, like that sign. <laughs> um the budget for this film was 4.5 million. That's a lot. For like kind of really? an indie? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's got to be, like the camera equipment and it's got to be a lot of the technical aspects because this film reminds me a lot of Fight Club in some mm-hmm. ways because I feel like Aronofsky and Fincher are very I'll get into because I watched some YouTube documentaries about Aronofsky talking about specific shots and how they did it and I feel like he is a lot like Fincher as in like he has a very specific thing that he wants I don't know about takes because I've, I've heard that Fincher is really famous for doing like hundreds of takes but I oh, don't know wow. about I know, right? Hundreds. I was like,
1: Uh, that like that like sounds exhausting.
0: It does. I think it is very exhausting to work on one of his films. But I feel like when it's almost like I don't know about Aronofsky so much, but I feel like Fincher has such a consistent catalog that like that's probably why he works with a lot of the same uh, actors. Same with like Scorsese, you know, like you know the rhythm of the actor, and you obviously can write better for them when you understand how they work and how they move and everything. But I think Fincher, the final product is just so incredible Mm -hmm. that it's like if I was doing Fight Club and you asked me to do it 200 times, I might be like, fuck, this is crazy. But then when you see the end result, you're like, shit, like he really everything is literally down to the minute and down to the wire, much like Christopher Nolan, much like all those directors who are like very completely involved. So I feel like this is another one of those films where he was very, very involved. So budget was four and a half. It made 7.4, which is not a lot, but it's more than what I thought. For this film, and I yeah. think I looked up that the first weekend was something crazy like sixty thousand. Oh, like wow. it, it was like because it was barely out. Eventually, it made a lot of money, and I think what happened is it really made. Yeah, the first weekend it made sixty four thousand seven hundred dollars. Oh, it was wow. only in two theaters, so it's probably wow. in New York and L A. And I think what happened was the box office says seven point four, but I'm pretty sure they made so much money on the rental. And mm-hmm. on the DVD market. And they made more of their money, I'm sure, after it was out in the oh, theater. Because yeah. it wasn't, like, a theater film. But um, – and I think it was also at – what festival? Venice? I don't think it was Cannes. I think it was Venice, which is actually happening. Venice is happening right now. Oh, cool. Um, So, also, this is a famous one that I knew about because I'm, like, obsessively obsessed with Jared Leto from the 90s. And I kind of would see all these things in art mail magazines and stuff about him. Uh. Darren asked Jared and Marlon to abstain from sex and sugar for 30 days while doing this film to understand what a craving is
1: like. Okay. Oh, um, I, like, so th- I like that.
0: Yeah. And I believe that I read somewhere a long time ago, this could be a complete lie and a fib, but I read that Jared Leto was dating Cameron Diaz at the time and that they were celibate like during this time of him filming oh, because that was part of like him getting into the character. Yeah. And Jared Leto spent some time with junkies on the street in Brooklyn to really like understand this character as you can really tell. And I think he, he lost 25 pounds to prepare for this. And I believe right before he did this, he did fight club. Oh really? Okay. Right. Cause that was 99. Yeah. He might've done another movie in between then, but uh, yeah. So he was, so he had to lose all that weight. He's really thin. He's thin, like uh Joaquin and Joker he like yeah. has that that kind of like thinness um which is really really crazy and um and also interesting in the whole film heroin is never actually used like they never actually use the name of the drug they oh, right. just you usually just... they usually say pure yeah yeah mm-hmm, just, or oh. coke like they never mention anything and then obviously I, I said this earlier that like ellen um said that this was her highest acting achievement that she felt yeah. for like her acting which is totally i definitely think so yeah no i agree and then one of the famous scenes where jennifer conley is in the tub and she like screams underwater Mm -hmm. that is a takeoff from an animated japanese thriller called perfect blue that came out in 97 darren aronofsky secured the live action rights to that film in order to include that scene oh cool in the film which i thought was really fucking cool um we already mentioned that uh yeah dave Chappelle and Nev campbell which do you um
1: campbell. do you watch a lot of anime because i feel like there are some like anime movies out there that um are supposed to be like really good but i'm not sure how to like find them
0: i have not and i'm sure that a lot of I, the one that i know about that people mention a lot aeon flux i've seen Okay. Um, which is, they also used to have like a, uh, TV show on, uh, MTV. Was it like MTV, like late night mm-hmm. or like at, like late at night, like 11 o'clock, whatever. And they had like, uh, I think it's like liquid metal was another one that was like an anime style. Also princess Mononoke is one that I hear about a lot. Is that, and yeah, I uh...
1: heard that like a lot of like the M- Miyazaki films are like really good. Um, yes, we
0: should do one. We should do like,
1: yeah.
0: um, we should do a Princess Mononoke. Okay. That okay. is, um, um, Miyazaki is that how you say? it? Miyazaki. I think, yeah, I think so. Um, that oh. is, I think, a really famous one, which also was on HBO. So we should oh, really? actually do that. Yeah, because that'd be interesting. Because I've never, have you ever, you never seen it, right? No, I, saw, I haven't either. We should see
1: it. I saw one, um, movie on television a few years ago that I really liked called Tokyo Godfathers. And oh, it's about um, it's about three homeless people who find an abandoned baby, and like the three homeless people are like an older man, like in his like forties or fifties, a transgendered woman, and a teenage war- war- runaway, and they like all sort of form this like street f- family, and they basically try and like take care oh. of the baby and get 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 help, and like it wasn't a movie I was expecting to like, but I actually thought it was really good. So, oh wow.
0: Okay. yeah, yeah, cool. There's another film that one of my friends mentioned. I'm gonna look now to to find it because he mentioned what it was, and I was like, I don't know. It's called Cure. I put it on the huh. list. Um it, it I think it's directed by a Japanese director, but it says a frustrated detective deals with the case of several gruesome murders committed by people who have no recollection of what they've done. It came out in 97 and he was like, Hey, have you ever considered this for, for your podcast? And I was like, I've never heard of it. I was like, but I'm down. I'm totally down to explore into other cinema, like other countries in 90 cinema. We have a lot to discuss. We're doing American because we just know, we know it. And we grew up with, but I'm so down to look in like French films. I want to do La Haine, which is an incredible French film um but that's on the list but yeah if anyone has any suggestions too of any other foreign films that are in the 90s that would kind of go with the theme here like i'm so down because i know that like there are tons in germany and there's a really great uh hungarian movie that i really like called control about like the subway system it's like a weird suspense oh, really? um yeah like there are a lot of really good ones and also in england a lot like you know oh, yeah. of, like british films irish films you know et cetera. so yeah i'm we're so down so i'm ex- i'm excited um okay so also uh we already mentioned Giovanni Rabisi. he symbolizes Harry in the novel so that's why okay. uh Darren wanted him at first I see I'm trying to think of what has Giovanni done anything like didn't he narrate like sleepers did who who narrated uh, sleepers
1: I thought it or, was Pat, not, I thought it was uh Patrick uh, Wilson no 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 um Oh God! Blanking on his name. Um, it's a. Uh, you have to do
0: sleepers too.
1: Um, it was. I, I thought it was the guy. Not. Um, uh, I I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> so. is everyone's like? Whoever knows sleepers really well is like screaming. They're like, I oh my God! It's, I'm gonna look it up. It's like Jason. No, I think it's Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's not Giovanni. Giovanni. Oh, he giovanni fucking did the virgin suicides oh that's what i'm okay. thinking i'm thinking of him narrating something and i'm just like he's narrated something before but yeah okay virgin suicides is the one i'm thinking of but yeah i can't see him but he's done like boiler room like he's done some serious ones he's also done like ted <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> he, he, um, I know, like
1: Ted too, did, uh, yeah. did you ever see suburbia
0: yes the the really old link letter film
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah we're totally doing that cool isn't that Yep. Yeah. um that's totally on the list i haven't seen it in a long time yeah
1: same i yeah i, like, I wanted it needed once maybe it. like tw- maybe like 30 years ago
0: so. <laughs> yeah like it's really it's super underground and we're totally gonna do it yeah i need to like rent that one again yeah that's on the list um three of the main cast members here are oscar winners so that means what did jennifer connelly win for
1: i think she won for a beautiful mind
0: oh okay Didn't
1: yeah to see that one um And And then then, I think... Oh, yeah, what else? And then Jared Leto won for uh, Dallas Buyers Club.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, him and Um, McConaughey. That was crazy. Um, Okay, so Marlon Wayans at first didn't want to do the film. I think we talked about it. After he saw Pi, he wanted to do anything with him. Yeah. And I think Ellen Burstyn was the same way, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, she was like, I don't know. And, yeah, thankfully they all saw Pi. And thankfully he had that under his belt. Like, could you imagine if he hadn't done pie and they're like, nah, we don't know what this is going to be like, (laughs) you know, and like, (laughs) that's so crazy. Um, Darren uh, says that the scene where Harry goes to see Sarah, his mom, and he starts seeing like the fact that she's on these diet pills Mm
1: -hmm. and she
0: like notices her teeth and everything. That is one of his favorite scenes in the novel and in the film. Like when it's, when he's like there and notices that like she's changing.
1: That's such a great scene too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, it really uh, is. Like it so. Is. I mean, like I mean, Ellen Burstyn is good, but like he's really good too. Like um, she, like I, I frankly thought she just acted the fuck out of that scene. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, she totally did, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just really crazy, um, and also they're called snorri cam shots, which are. I don't know why it's called SnorriCam. Is it because it kind of feels like sleeping? It's when... Which is what this film kind of is really known for, was that technique where the camera was strapped to the actor and it has that like yeah where it like moves with them yeah so that it says a snorry cam shot and it's like really it was like one of the his storytelling aspects of showing all these characters i remember that was like one thing that really stood out to me because i'd never seen that in a film
1: before yeah that was never seen that yeah it was really really fucking cool. cool
0: and then so darren also instructed i'm just gonna call him darren i I just kept like writing darren darren also instructed sarah's doctor who's the one who prescribes her these diet pills to never look at her if you notice that he never actually looks at her in the face and the the actor said that that was like some of the hardest direction he's ever gotten like to be in a scene with an actor and not be able to look at them like it sounds like it wouldn't be that hard but It is. He's a doctor. He's supposed to be – he's in a closed room. You're supposed to be interacting with that other person like your patient. So it's really Mm. weird that you would just kind of like, yeah, oh, you're doing okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, here, take this, fill it. Yeah. (laughs) Which, unfortunately, is a lot of – is totally a lot of doctors. This happened to my mom in the 60s. She got, like, diet pills from a doctor and it totally fucked her up. Because that's what they were doing. Yeah. Like, it wasn't – like, speed was, like, less controlled – And a lot of people were real doctors and they were like, here, this is fine. Oh, you want to lose some weight? Here, take this. Oh, you want to concentrate? Like, take this. They still do. I mean, let's not get it wrong. The the doctors don't prescribe crazy shit. Yeah, that they shouldn't. But it was less regulated, I think. And this is supposed to be, I believe, in like the 70s or 80s is, is the time period. But I think... It's not really mentioned, but I think they say that, like, this is kind of supposed to be kind of 80s. Okay. A little bit, but it's not really explicitly mentioned. It's not really important to the story. Yeah. But that's, like, kind of... Because you can tell it's not very technological because they're, she's, like, going to the mail and mailing yeah. things out and, like, going to the post office. Like, she, you know, she's not, like, there are no computers around or anything like that. So you kind of see that. And even the phones, like the pay phones. Mm-hmm. And everything are, like, 80s. They're not, like, no one has, like, a cordless.
1: I saw a payphone last weekend in New York in the subway (laughs) station, and it, like, blew my mind. I know, (laughs)
0: right? It's so crazy. It's so weird to think that, like, that's a total luxury now. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just, like, payphone, but, like, that's kind of crazy. It's kind of nuts. And now I was reading rumors that the new iPhone is going to have capability to tap the satellite's, uh-huh. In, in order to make phone calls so that means you're like never off the grid not wow. that you really are yeah but that means that they could even incorporate that later on into like burner phones which could uh. mean the end of burner phones because if they can tap your satellite to make a call then they can tap trace you yeah like wow. if that's if you have no cell service like if you have no cell towers you're in the middle of nowhere you'll still be able to make a phone call so if they incorporated that as like standard technology in like 10 years like that's scary (laughs) we're literally able to be tracked anywhere even in like a, a disposable phone um okay so then this was also filmed for 40 days which is insane that things are filmed that fast i know right yeah in uh coney island bk which is also where darren aronofsky grew up even though the story really takes place in brighton beach which are two different places okay but he filmed it there So then in a few YouTube documentaries I watched, there are, there's one called Anatomy of a Scene, which is really interesting that if you want to know more about how um, the whole crew set up the scene where Sarah Goldfarb is frantically cleaning her apartment, Uh they go into like a really deep dive and they show the set and how they change the lighting. And it literally took them 30 minutes to film 20 seconds, it's a 25 second shot. Mm-hmm. but it's like a speed camera and they actually show the camera as, like this almost like a whole room. And it takes a photo like every, every minute they had to like yell out and you see them changing the lighting. And then you see her turning the light on and like, it's just, it's really, really cool. How you, yeah. how you set that whole thing up. And he said like, Uh, Darren's in there like narrating and he says like, you know, sharp sounds, sharp images when people are doing the drugs, it's like a hip hop montage. Mm -hmm. Cause he said, you know, it went with the rhythm of the sound and everything. And some of the sounds that he used to depict, uh, Sarah's, uh, addiction really taking off in the background. It's a plane. Because oh, really? in Coney Island, mm-hmm, in Coney Island, where he grew up, he said, you, you're you in the flight path for JFK. Uh-huh. So he's like, we used to always hear planes going by and you hear it like way up in the sky as It's like breaking the barrier. So then they show that scene again and you hear the sound of like a plane taking off. Oh, and It's wow. really cool how that's layered into lots of different sounds, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and he said, I didn't really want this to be an MTV drug movie. He was like, that is like the biggest insult i wanted this to be like a true story and he called it an urban horror film yeah i like that he called it yeah i was like yeah that's super descriptive so there's there are lots of even little uh vignettes of the actors talking about the the working with him and they said it was just so incredible and you know they couldn't wait to do it and the way he shot it was just so beautiful and the way that he shot jennifer conway i feel like she looked so good like Mm her her lighting was always really good and also really cold but like really good just the way that they had her makeup and like everything so yeah yeah, that's all i have for behind the scenes i had quite a lot yeah wow yeah um okay so fashion this is what damn all right we're sailing laura jean (laughs) shannon is the costume director do you have any standouts for style Um, in this one
1: one of my favorite scenes is the line of, uh, women in lawn chairs, like I lined know. up in front of like Sarah's building. I and it. I, I was just like, that is like my, dr- I would love to just go. I would just love to go bar hopping with these <laughs> girls. Like I think, <laughs> I, I think it would just be really fun.
0: Um, it reminds me of a Martin Parr photograph. He's a British photographer. Oh, really? Yeah, he shoots, like, really cool, like, yeah, it just, if you look up Martin
1: Parr, yeah, he would shoot something like this. Oh, cool. Um, I, I love, um, I, I love, like, uh, Tyrone's sort of, like, early 2000s man jewelry, like, where he's wearing, <laughs> like, you know, like, the chains and, like, the earrings. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I just think it looks really good on him. Yeah, um, it
0: does look really cool.
1: And... Um, and then, um, I got sort of like sucked into the movie and kind of forgot to pay attention to, to the fashion. So, (laughs) oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, It is,
0: it is kind of hard. It's, it's very, I just noticed a lot of things. Like I really like Harry's outfits. I love how he starts out in like a plain green Mm t-shirt that's just super like washed and like really boxy. Yeah. And like, you can tell is like, doesn't really fit and it's all like kind of fucked up. Then he has that green plaid shirt when he goes to see Marion and she has that blue on. It's oh, like, yeah, she, yeah cool. he's wearing that, which is really cool. And he has like Dickies on. I don't even know if they're like jeans. They're probably more like Dickies, like work pants. Uh-huh. which I think look really cool. I think he has Chuck Taylors on, but I'm not sure. Okay. Can't, I can't remember what shoes he has on. I wrote old ladies in all pastel colors. I love it. And also yeah. you see how they shoot that too. There's a really cool light that comes down oh. um, on that. So to make that frame just look like make them really pop out of the background. I definitely suggest going on YouTube and watching like behind the scenes Requiem for a Dream. Cause it's really cool. Like if you care about all that, like technical yeah. stuff, but I do, it's really cool um let's see Sarah who is uh Ellen Burstyn I love her like day coat that like older women wear it's like something you wear over the nightgown it's very like 50 60s style and it's like floral it's like short sleeve it's like Mm -hmm. yeah what like housewives would wear and like older like when you're older not like younger ones but yeah I just like how that was so true to like her personality it just really fit with her Yeah, and the red dress I just love the color how the yeah. color just stood out from everything I thought yeah, that was, was
1: really cool it was really pretty
0: yeah it was really cool Um, and also her hair I love when like she did when her friend was like dyeing her hair and she's like, "This is orange. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, no, it's red. She's like, if this is red, then what's orange? <laughs> like, this is crazy. She's like, no, it'll be great. it'll be great for your dress, which is so funny. Um, Marion, I love when she has that blue shirt when you first see her when you see her like from up above, you know, and she's looking up. Oh yeah, I like um too. yeah, it's really cool. And she has another one. she has like this white sheer top over this like pale blue dress when she's at dinner with that guy Mm -hmm. at the first time she's at dinner and she has this really cool makeup it's very 90s it's like it was like a berry frosted thing that like we had going on yeah um the lip gloss the eyes she had like a blue kind of frosty eye and like dark uh, eyeliner which is really cool then when she's at the water and she's with harry she has like a really cool french braid and she has like a purple choker Mm -hmm. and like a black uh I don't know if it's a dress or if it's a top, but it's black. It's really cool. And then she, and then later on at the end, when she's like going to that sex party, I love that like puffy silver coat that she has.
1: Oh yeah. Like over
0: her, like whatever dress or whatever she's wearing. Yeah. And Mm. she looks really cool at the end when you see her like going, getting dressed for that party. And she has like black on and she has like a cool necklace and stuff. Oh God, that's fucking scene. Oh God. Um, And then Harry later on, he has like a camo (laughs) shirt, which is kind of cool. And he has like a beige sweater in one scene where he's like sitting down and he has like an oversized sweater. It's very like a Kurt Cobain kind of sweater. Mm. It's like really oversized and super worn. And then he has like that green beanie that has like a yellow border. And then he has that uh, jacket that has that like fur zip collar thing. It's like a winter jacket when it gets to winter. Um, And then Tyrone just has like, he has like the leather jacket. He's a very like 80s brooklyn street style like he has like yeah. the ringer basketball tee that's like an army color and then he wears a lot of black and yeah like just darker colors does not wear a lot of light colors yeah but yeah i love his glasses too he has those orange glasses oh yeah those yeah are cool. like they're those. super cool when they're like selling the tv mm-hmm. um yeah that one's super cool too so yeah laura jean shannon dope i really like yeah really really like the fashion
1: good so, good job laura jean yeah. <laughs> good job, Laura
0: Jean. It sounds like Mary Cherry. Oh Mary Cherry. Mary Cherry's mother. Um, that's from Popular, if you don't know. Watch that show. It's great. Yeah. Um also oh, you haven't seen the horror story yet this season, have you? No. It's good, it's on Hulu. Okay. Um okay, so let's move on to music. I don't okay. have that many notes. I think everybody knows the score. Yeah is
1: um, incredible. Yeah, that's all th- that um I mean I, I can't I can't remember if they played like any like I don't
0: think so. There's one song that I I shazammed and I thought it was a song, but I but as I looked for the soundtrack, it literally just showed the score. The score is done by Clint Mansell, and also the Kronos Quartet are performing it. But I feel like there was a song playing like lightly in the back somewhere, and I was like, oh. I feel like I hear vocals, yeah, but I don't. But it's not listed anywhere. Like everything that's listed is. The, the overture
1: and all of the instrumental so I don't know maybe that would um, you know the winter Olympics are coming up in about six months <gasps> that would be a great piece of music for someone to skate to for oh, like shit, a program it would. Like, yeah, I, I, it I, would. I think that would be really cool
0: it, that would be cool it also would be cool for a floor exercise oh yeah yeah <laughs> like just super intense yeah I, I also wrote too that this reminds me uh, of the Fight Club soundtrack which Mm. was done by the dust brothers and had a lot of like kind of industrial kind of sounds. And it was around the same time when when that was like the,
1: the, the dust brothers were the one who produced Paul's boutique by, um, the beastie boys. Boys. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Charles is now really into the beastie boys. So this is cool. I, I, I think that, that, that ad rock is like a total hottie so yes
0: oh, he, he totally is and he's married i had no idea that he was married to kathleen hannah i know right like that just it just makes me so happy <laughs> like, i know and he told <laughs> i told literally like two of my friends and they had no idea either which makes it amazing that like we had no idea because they're not like a power music couple they're just like a normal
1: I, couple I mean, yeah yeah and i was like super how, cool. how are they not like a power music couple <laughs> like,
0: yeah they <laughs> totally should be right <laughs> like um god all right well let's finally geez we're almost like an hour in but that's okay you guys wanted this deep dive so the fact that we haven't been on in two weeks i hope you enjoyed this like extra long episode um what are some of your standout quotes, scenes um i i I don't want to say favorites i'm gonna say
1: standouts okay nothing that's really like a favorite um um, i i um well i mean the um i had no idea that the scene was coming but just I, and we've talked about it before but just the scene where Harry goes to vi- visit Sarah yeah, and she gives that speech about how she's getting old and she feels alone mm-hmm. that just like hit me really hard and I, I like honestly had to stop the movie and like call my own mom <laughs> so oh, um, how's your mom she's good she's good oh, um, cool. yeah um so i um so i um i like um i like wrote the entire speech down verbatim but i just feel like i would not do it justice so i'm not going to attempt to recite <laughs> <Aww>. it so <laughs> she's um, so good though i, I know love her. and um um and then uh oh i love the scene when um tyrone has the when tyrone is with his girlfriend and mm-hmm. he has the flashback by, by, about his mother and she, I know. um, I, I was, I, that just like hit me really hard too. I was like, Ooh. Um, and, um, it all hits you. It all like stays with you. Yeah. Um, and then I love the scene. Um, I love the scene where we meet Marion and they break into that apartment building mm-hmm. and they, uh, they're like throwing like paper airplanes off, off the roof. Yeah. Um, and then, um, there's a quote between, uh, Harry and Marion that I really love when Marion says, I, I, lo- I love you, Harry. You make me feel like a person, like I'm me and I'm beautiful. And Harry says, you are beautiful. You're the most beautiful girl in the world. You're my dream. Um, and then um, this was a, n- n- another scene that really like, I did not see coming but what? when um when tyrone is in the car with the drug dealer <gasps> and the l- limo driver rolls the Fuck. window down and kills everyone yeah what the,
0: and he runs out yeah has that camera yeah. on yeah and the blood's on his face so and was
1: so in order to get that shot was that like one of those shots where they like strap the camera to to to, to uh-huh. his body it was yeah okay, okay. uh-huh
0: yeah it's crazy. They um, did that. I'm trying to think of what they did after that. I remember, like, they would do it in other films, and I'm like, Requiem for a Dream. Like, I'd always mm-hmm. think of Requiem.
1: Yeah. It's so descriptive. Um, and um, I frankly thought the last, you know, 30, 40,
0: Oh, fuck.
1: minutes were kind of blah. I didn't really see what all the fuss w- w- <laughs> was about. So you know, I, um, I, um, you know, so that's, that's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, winter is coming. <laughs> Literally, winter is fucking coming. I I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I just know winter is coming, and in this film, the third act is winter. Yeah. And that's when shit goes down. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, maybe Game of Thrones and the dude who writes it stole this from Wequiem for a Dream <laughs> and he just thought <laughs> winter is coming. Um, cool. All right. Is that, that's what you got? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I have a lot of notes. So I'll try to like condense them because we're like running a lot, a lot of time here, but. My first note that I have is I love the, the very beginning when uh, Harry is stealing the TV and you kind of figure out through this routine that it's something that happens all the time and Sarah locks herself in the closet because she doesn't want to like you know she doesn't want to like confront him and like have to deal with him and get physical. And there's the split camera shot and you see the keyhole like the actual frame is illuminated. Like we're in her point of view and she's looking out and she's seeing him steal it. And then the other screen is him stealing it. And then she pulls it and he sees that it's chained to the radiator. Mm -hmm. And then she, and then he goes up to the door and he starts like screaming and pounding on it. Like, why would you do this to your son? This was an exact took me back to Basketball Diaries, which is probably one of the most intense scenes in a film about about drugs and drug addiction. Same thing, son and mother. And Leo, which we're going to cover Basketball Diaries because he definitely deserved the Oscar for that one Mm. as far as anything he's done, I think, is he's banging on the door and she's like, he's asking for money, like for drugs. It's almost like the same thing. And he starts saying that like, you know, like, why are you doing this to your son? Like, how could you do this? And then it turns into like this, anger this like intense anger that seemed yeah. a lot more intense but this totally reminded me of that when he was banging on the door and i was like oh my god this is just like basketball diaries um and then it's just yeah it's just so terrible i, I mean it's just ugh. also we get that split screen which also reminds me of uh, rules of attraction which came out later when oh, he did that right. split screen with um shannon sauceman and yeah. uh, dawson it's a little different because These are happening, the other ones join together, like they loop around, which actually does happen later when Marion and and Harry are in bed, and -hmm. you see them reaching across the frame, and you can tell. At first, you think that they're in two different places, but then it actually blends. I like that. More than I like the rules of attraction one.
1: Yeah, that was really just, cool.
0: Yeah, because I like how they're in bed and they're, it's very close. Like it's just like this whole film. This is what I was trying to technically look at because I knew the subject matter and I knew this was going to be really intense. But I was trying to look at like all the, all the cuts and all the things in between that you don't see until you see this film multiple times, which I know a lot of people always say, oh, I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. But it's something that you should watch again, especially if you're listening to a podcast on it and you're actually interested in the kind of cinematic technique. I think it's good to watch again and really pay attention to like the sound with the planes. Like Now, if you watch it again, you'll understand and listen more to the sounds and how things are done. Like It's, it's really cool. I, just, I love this film. It's like you always see something different. Yeah, yeah. I wrote, I love the beginning has like this hazy lens. I'm sure it's like a filter or maybe like Vaseline on the filter because mm. it looks all like blurry and super cool and like like really hot because New York's really hot in the summer and especially by like Coney Island and stuff like that. Yeah. I wrote Ellen eating a box of chocolates is me. <laughs> <Where> she like <laughs> or Sarah, where she sits down and then she's like, mm, and then she eats it. I wrote, going on TV is literally my biggest nightmare and this diet plan sounds like hell and I'm going to turn it over to Charles because he had a nutritionist for a while. And it literally gave me flashbacks when it wrote like, lunch, salad, no dressing, (laughs) like no sugar.
1: (laughs) Yeah, her, like, I mean, all the stuff she was telling me to do was correct. It's just, (laughs) I felt like her expectations... And her understanding of relationship of meat and food was just (laughs) deeply, deeply underestimated. How much I value food over her. So, (laughs) oh my
0: god, I can't wait to write in the show notes. And we go off topic includes Tammy Charles's ex nutritionist. (laughs)
1: Like, um, she wanted you to take lettuce from the fork and dip it into. She. Said I could save calories if I dipped my salad into the dressing instead of pouring the dressing on the salad. Shut so- <laughs> the fuck
0: up. And she's like super tiny. Like of course she doesn't care about like eating at all. She's like super tiny. She probably just drinks like what diet coke all day? Yeah. And like probably. doesn't care.
1: Like, I'm sorry you don't um, care, but I care. Her um her um recommendation for breakfast includes, oh, you could just buy a a small plain plain yogurt and pour some flax seeds on them. Oh. And a- God. And I was just like, okay, but I'm gonna do that once and then I'm never gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but I'll put some strawberries in it. No, no sugar. <laughs> like, but it's fruit.
0: <laughs> and they're like, No, it's still sugar. <laughs> I'm like,
1: did, Oh my god. Did, um there was once a conversation that Tammy and I had where um you could just see how she was like, Dear God. Um, but <laughs> like <laughs> This um, is not gonna work. Um she uh she like said I like went in for, for a check and she's like, So what'd you do? do for dinner last night and i was like oh well um there's like a harris Teeter by my office and they have a hot bar so i like to go and get like chicken tenders and she was like okay um <laughs> did uh did you get anything with these chicken tenders and i was like yeah i got some blue cheese dressing <laughs> and um you know she was like she was like what about vegetables? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, no, I didn't get anything like that. And you could just potatoes, <laughs> fries. <laughs> I got fries that I and, had with the blue cheese. And you could just see her brain kind of breaking, just being like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, so- that's
0: so funny. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I can't say that I have ever had a relationship, like, with a nutritionist ever, because I just wouldn't do it. I'd be like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm just not doing it. Um, Yeah, food is very important.
1: (laughs) Very important. and we are both, like, Tauruses, so... Um, sorry no. about it yeah
0: <laughs> uh if you want to hire us to judge your eggs benedict nachos mojitos and other various things bloody mary's as well mm. uh we actually do uh, keep a tally list yeah. and in yeah. new york we did uh so we're actually saving up to pitch this to some kind of network because we want to literally run around and eat yeah <laughs> literally like my total like total uh goal <laughs> um, so the uh, the quote that I wrote down, which I think is going to be the title of the episode, is when Marion says to all of them, "Anybody want to waste some time?"
1: <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> which,
0: that. Which I think is cool. Uh, it's when they all like do all. I think they do coke or something because they're all like speeding out and they're talking about like what they're going to do. And this is my first favorite scene is when uh harry is telling uh marion all about the plan and he's like you can get a store because she draws and she draws like dresses and Mm -hmm. and, like different designs and he's like you can get a store i'm gonna get this pound of pure and we're gonna sell it and it's we're gonna have way more than enough money so i love when he's kind of telling her all about this and that's when we get that split screen of them in bed and they're, like, reaching across the frame, um, which I thought was really cool. And then that's yeah. also when we see, like, there's another really cool scene where Harry's standing in the... I think she's, like, gone out for something. Because her her parents support her for a little while. And she sees a therapist. But yeah. there's a guy that's, like, a family friend or something. This is what I've never really understood. The guy that she, like, asked for money is, like, a family friend? Yeah. Was, is he, like, a... F- is he like an ex-boyfriend
1: or something? or no, like-
0: he's not an ex-boyfriend because he's older. And I think he like she doesn't she sleeps with him because she doesn't want him to tell her parents that she's essentially like not going to therapy right and kind of like dicking around with their money. Yeah. So I think she kind of has to, like, she needs mo- I think maybe he controls like some kind of money or something and like that's oh. how she gets it and she ends up having to like do shit for him because he's kind of like hey you know, I won't tell your parents if you do this for me right and then after he gets the pure and then remember for a while she doesn't talk to him and then she calls him back because she needs 2k yeah and that's why he's like oh I haven't seen you in a while because they were doing all right and she was you know getting her drugs and everything else but yeah then I was like so he's like a family friend or like He's something related to the family, but he's not like a relative and not an ex because he's older. He's at least like 20 years older than she is. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like a weird situation, but I wrote the constant juice infomercial. And then the, the bit where Sarah's like on her diet, she's on the diet first before she gets pills and she just starts seeing food everywhere. I was like, <laughs> yeah. this is so me. Like she like looks over on the counter and she sees like a burger with like onions, like all, like, <laughs> like all looks all like nice and like heat and all like, you know, like smoky and nice. I was like, this is so me. I can't do this. This is so crazy. Um, I wrote like when Harry sees his mom on uppers, when during that scene, one of my favorite parts of that scene is when they're talking, uh, like, you know, Sarah's talking to to Harry and he's like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I'm going to be on TV. Oh, my God, you don't even know. And she's telling him all about how she got called to be on TV. And this is kind of what sparks her like addiction spiral. And she says, like, she he, they stop talking for a while and then you hear the grinding. Yeah. And then you see Harry, like, looking across the room. Like, he's not looking at her. And then the camera comes, like, around him. And then it shows him from the front. And then it, like, zooms in, like, this circle, like, a semicircle to her. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, he moves. Like, he's turning his head, looking at her, like. And then he's, like, Ma. And then she's, like, wow, what? What's going on? And he's, like, you're on uppers. And then that's when, like, he kind of figures it out. But I love when the way that camera, like panned over that's what i meant not zoomed panned i love that it like panned over to him and it like kind of goes as his neck is turning over her tor- towards her yeah which i think is super cool that's just that's such a great scene too and also the spiral camera scene over marion and harry like when they get that fix oh and they're just right. it's like one of the most famous like kind of photos you always see them like ariel and as all those like i think it's all her designs or like magazine stuff around it looks like it's like pictures and things like that and then yeah the camera's just spiraling like going up like bird's eye which i thought was really cool um god and the fucking and my other favorite scene it's more how it's shot not really the scene because it's really fucking upsetting the scene where sarah goes to the doctor to tell her tell him what's wrong and yeah. it's, like, really deep fish eye. She's in the front left corner with, like, that bright red hair. Inside, it's, like, really blue. And the the music is very, like, fight clubby. It's very, like, industrial, like, scratching. Mm. And she's really paranoid. And she's, like, looking up around the room. And, like, all the cuts are really fast. I just love that. And, again, he doesn't look at her in the face. Yeah. And he says, she's like, help, I need help. Like, something's going on. He's like, oh, no, you'll be fine. Just take this and fill this prescription, blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck. Yeah, like she's just so uh, the withdrawals and like his arm infection.
1: Oh Jesus!
0: Jeez, like just the first time you see it, you're like oh, and then it just like holy shit, so much
1: worse, so
0: so bad. I was like, oh my god. Then of course we get the inevitable in every film where the man doesn't want to do anything and he gets the woman to have sex with whoever to get money because it's clearly up to her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was like, you can sell your ass too now. Like, you're Jared Leto. Have you looked in the mirror? You'd make some money out there. <laughs> like, you're really pretty. Like, you can you can get some some clients too. you Why could, she, she you, the one.
1: You could put on a pair of slutty jeans and like you know like a you know well, like a slinky tank top and
0: you're Jordan Catalano for Christ's sake. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You gotta do what you gotta do.
0: Right? Well, why should she? Um, I do love that kind of bust up in that warehouse where all those junkies are like, we gotta buy this shit from Florida that's coming up that's pure, and they're all in like the back of this warehouse, and this Florida yeah. Oranges truck pulls up, and the guy opens the fucking thing, and he's sitting there with like his drugs and his thing, and they're all like, yay! like it's black friday at fucking walmart (laughs) it was like this is some shit and then of course like shooting goes on now apparently that florida orange truck is a scene is like kind of a uh impending doom uh movie thing or like i guess movie trope and it was kind of a callback to the godfather because that's what happened when marlon brando was shot Ooh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the godfather when marlon brando was shot in the film he had like oranges and usually oranges symbolize disaster Really? Films. Uh-huh. So that was kind of a call to that, which I thought was really interesting. Um, But I was like, God, meanwhile, when Sarah is popping pills and the room just starts, like, deconstructing around her. Yeah. And it devolves into, like, the TV set. I love <laughs> that scene where all of a sudden the walls come out. The guy who's the juice guy comes in and, like, the fucking fridge is... I mean, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, you just feel... You feel her. It's crazy how you're just
1: so scared. Is that so the same her. scene where the refrigerator attacks her?
0: Mhm. Yeah, it like, keeps coming out. Because
1: like the, the scenes with the refrigerator like really freaks freaks me out too. Uh-huh. Like yeah, I mean, really. Yeah. So it's
0: really fucking crazy. Um so then after that we get Winter. <laughs> winter is coming i wrote it's all just so bad like marion with that guy that she gets all that money from that he's like yo come to the sex party like oh it's all just so gross that harry's arm
1: that actor seemed really familiar had uh
0: yeah hold on let me see i think he has i want to know if he's in like let's see where is he his name was what was his name I don't know. I don't know what his name is. Like I don't even know what his character name is. Um, who's in the whole cast? What is he? What is his name? What is his name? Keith David. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Is that his name?
1: That's okay. That's the actor's name. And then Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, he's in the thing. Pitch black. Oh shit, he's in a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's in like a fuck ton of stuff. I don't think anything I've seen though, not off the top. Yeah, he's in a lot. Yeah, look him up, Keith David. He's in a fuck ton of stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: um, isn't that? Ke- oh no, I'm thinking of Keith and David from Six Feet Under. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wait, that's their name. it's so funny. Um, so yeah, oh God, Harry's arm getting worse, and this is kind of like the downward spiral like Marion going to that sex party. Mm-hmm. And then you, and another quote that I wrote down was when you, when they're all okay, when they go to the hospital, then they get arrested. Cause yeah. that doctor is like, you know, he grabs like the drugs when he sees his arm and shit. And then when they do like the work thing, like to like see, evaluate them. And it's like, can you hear me? Can you see me? Okay. For work. And you just keep hearing it like repeated over and over to like, that's how they decide if you're like doing work release or whatever. Uh, I was like, fuck, and the electric shock. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, Oof. and then the super heartbreaking is, like, the actual score and her friends coming to see her. That, when scene,
1: she got- that <sighs> scene really got to me, too.
0: Oh, my God. Um, you see her hair is, like, all everywhere and, like, broken off. And she just looks like a shell of herself. Yeah. yeah. And her friends just, like, break down in front, like, by the bus stop. Like, oh, But it's so true. Like it's such a like haunting portrayal of, of addiction. It's, it's really sad that that's like Mm -hmm. a really sad one. And then my, my favorite, I won't say favorite, but I love how it ends with everyone like into the fetal position, like all four of them, like, and they're all in like the same direction. And then when you see, I love when you see Marion come home and she has all that money and then she kind of, like, looks happy that she has this money, and then it just devolves into her, like, in the fetal position. Yeah. And then you see, like, Harry wake up from the hospital without an arm, and he's, like, calling Marion's name. And the nurse is like, oh, it's okay. Like, she'll come. And he's like, no, no, she won't. She yeah. won't come. Like, I was like, oh, my God. And then I love that the credits, if you watch until the, cre- if you watch the credits, I love how the credits are playing the, you know, the violins, like they're really famous. And then it like fades out into like instrumental of the beach. And oh, then really? it's, yeah. And then it's slowly underneath the beach, uh, the beach sounds. It has like the scores like coming in again. Oh, it's wow. so great. Like, I it's, like, that. yeah, the way that it ends is just so great. So yeah. That And also another quote that I wrote down is purple in the morning, blue in the afternoon, orange in the, in the, was it evening? It was like her pill schedule. Yeah. And then I think it's like, and then of course she's like, oh no, I'm I'm staying up all night. And then like Harry's like, what are you talking about? Like when, didn't you go to sleep? She's like, well, I go to sleep. I take the green ones. I'm out in like 30 minutes. <laughs> he's like, oh my God, he's got you on down us. I have to say, I, I do like Jared Leto's Brooklyn accent, as as weird as it may sound. I, I kind of like it. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got.
1: Is it is it over?
0: It's over. Okay. <laughs> it's over. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode a little bit longer than usual. I hope you learned something. Yeah. Uh, with all the technical aspects, go and check out uh, all the different documentaries on YouTube. Aronofsky is a definite vision when it comes to film so yeah he is uh yeah so i can't wait to see he has some things on the pipeline so i can't wait to see what he does next and yeah stay tuned we got cool world coming up bully more my So club life on patreon and leave us a review on apple and we'll see you on the next one bye bye